0: Decipher podcast. My guest today is Alex Pinto from Verizon Enterprise, who is one of the uh, folks in charge of the Verizon data breach incident report, which if you're in security, is probably a very important document to you. Uh, So Alex, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes to talk through the DVIR today. Oh, thanks for having me, Dennis. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. This is... um, I remember when the first version of this came out many years ago, I'm not sure exactly how many years ago, probably at least 10 now, maybe maybe much longer, um, and it was a much smaller document, much more much more uh, limited in scope, and the data that... I think that the data in the, your first few versions was just from Verizon engagements from... That's like, correct. Instance. Yeah. That's correct. And now... You know, if you look at the, the last couple of pages of this year's report, there's dozens of contributing uh, partners. So it's a it's a pretty big undertaking these days.
1: Oh, oh, it is. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, our first external contributor or maybe one of the first was actually the, the U.S. Secret Service. Um, and this came again from relationships that the, the Verizon uh, incident response team and, and of course, Wade Baker as well had with them. And uh, it's incredible. I mean, they have been such a great partners for us across the year, and they also bought us immense goodwill from everyone. Well, I guess if the Secret Service trusts them, well, maybe I should uh, too, right? Uh, this year we are up for, to 73 contributors, and um, and only five and five of those are Verizon internal. So we count different areas inside. I mean, like I, I was just joking before how how massive Verizon is. Every single um, uh, area of Verizon that provides us a little bit of data, right, we count them as a separate contributor, right? And they're also listed independently on our uh, on our contributor list. So we want to make sure we're being a data set. One data set gets you one mention, right? Um, okay. In a way.
0: <laughs> okay. And it, we're talking about a really, really huge data set here. Um, yeah. I think at the beginning, it talks about there's more than 41,000 security incidents, which is just... Enormous, and we should, at the outset here, kind of differentiate between security incident and data breach. Yes. So, so you want to explain the way that you that you guys differentiate between the two of those? Yes, absolutely.
1: So the for something to become a, be considered a breach uh, in our so a breach is a special type of incident, right? So an incident is anything that will in a way compromised uh, something from this, the CIA triad: right? Confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Uh, a breach would be one of those, an incident where we have confirmed uh, that there was data disclosure to an unauthorized third party, right? So there are um, different, and we rely, of course we rely on, on our partners a lot, right? and uh so far of course we explained to them what the 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 ground rules are and we have been i mean most of some of them have been working for a long time so they're they're pretty aware right and sure. um, but that's that's what it it ends up being right
0: okay and so when you start digging into this data alex what do you do you go in with any kind of preconceived ideas of what you're going to find? Or do you just try and like kind of keep your mind blank and look at the data you know, on its own?
1: Oh, it's, it's definitely the second thing. We, we have this joke that we, we actually don't write the de- report. We're just a vessel, right? We're just channeling <laughs> whatever the data tells us, which, which sometimes infuriates people because, oh, why are you, why are you telling about this? Well, it's, it's not in the data, right? Do you want me to make stuff up? Right, we really try not to. We really, really read. Really, it's a very, very important tenant of the DVR: not make stuff up. But jokes aside, um, it's really, it's really a very large undertaking, right? And it's, it's, um, and like you said, it's, it's hard to to understand the scale. Uh, it's, it's. Uh, we covered forty-one thousand, right? But we had a corpus of a hundred thousand uh, in order to to choose from, right? So there's a little bit of. There, if you go through the methodology, we explain why we set some of those apart, right uh, But also even then we do some sampling to make sure we have a stronger um, statistical backing uh, of the, the um, of the actual arguments, the actual analysis that we're going we're going to do. But uh, it, it's a long time of uh, inputting the data in, right? Uh, sure. when, they, when they tell you that, that old joke that data science is actually 90, 95% of it is cleaning the data. It's absolutely true in case of the DVIR as well. Um, but then the data kind of tells us what to write, right? Uh, one of the reasons why we have been getting so good at this large volumes of data is because of the immense amount of work that the, the, the actual core report team has been doing on automating the data science piece, right? So it's... Um, and we have actually created uh, uh, triggers and, and, uh, and specific uh, data pipelines where the, the processing pipeline will suggest us, okay, maybe you should investigate this thing because it has changed significantly from previous years, right? Mm-hmm. And those are the threads we start to pull and we try to find, um, if, is there a narrative, right? What should we be calling out on this year report? On this year report? That um, will will resonate kind of with the zeitgeist of what happened uh,
0: last year. Yeah, and that, that must be the interesting, or one of the interesting parts about this is as you dig through all the data, trying to see where those threads emerge. You know, because if you're if you're paying attention to the way that the incidents and breaches go over the course of a year, you might have an idea of what what's going to come out. Like, what are going to be mm-hmm. the major trends? But I'd also imagine that there's some surprises as you dig into that, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So this was actually a
1: very, quote unquote, well-behaved report in the sense that I believe <laughs> we were able we were able to actually weave a narrative, right? Uh, we could find a lot of instances where, okay, of course it's phishing. Of course it's you know malware being propagated by email. Of course there's a lot of ransomware around still, but. Mm-hmm. um we saw kind of the shifting landscape going on a little bit, right? And the targeting, targeting of cloud-based properties, right? Specifically the cloud-based email on the report, right? And you were talking about surprises, right? I really wanna point out the, the, the shift from, uh, and again, I shouldn't be saying this is a shift because we don't know if one of the uh, targets migrated to the other one, right? But we, we saw an increase of the targeting of C-level executives, right? Usually for things around business email compromise, but we saw a decrease yep. on the on the human resources uh, part, where specifically targeting human resources personnel for uh, W two fraud, right? To try to get tax return fraud or or identity theft, and the the human resources thing, I believe, was the most checked. Uh, key insight that we had on this year's report because we were all looking at each other. How? How is this possible? Because it was such a big deal last year, right? It right. was actually one of the key key insights of last year's report. If you go back to the old press release on how those things are increasing, and then they just disappeared across the board from our data set. We reached out to all the providers who would give them us this data, that like, nope, it's not happening. We have no clue what happened as well, right? So it's, it's always interesting, right, to see those things happening. I want to believe I, I am, although I've been in information security for a long time, I do still have, like, a hopeful heart. A, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, by nature. I do want to believe that, <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, maybe sending W2 re, uh, forms via email is a bad idea. Maybe you should just, uh, you know, put together a, a blanket ban that we should not do those things. And that would be surprisingly yeah. effective, right, for, for that specific case.
0: Yeah, it could be, sure. Like, allow people to download them directly from an HR portal or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so Alex, were there any other things that kind of jumped out at you guys? You know, you spoke about the the HR uh, thing that you guys had to check so many times. Was there anything else that really jumped out in terms of surprises this year? So it's interesting
1: um, that you talk about the triple checking, right? There's also, there's also, there is actually a very strong uh, culture inside building the report where – we want to make sure that every little thing that we say, every every little sentence that we write on the report, it's something that we can defend um, based on the data that we have. So there's actually a lot of work that helps happens behind the scenes where we are actually running statistical tests for every single time in the report where we say, oh, X is bigger than Y, or X is roughly the same as Y, right? There's a lot of math that we can show and we can we can demonstrate why we were making we were making those statements, right? So even if we don't go back to the to the um, to the actual contributors, right? Just to double check with them, we're always doing that kind of work um, internally, right? But another one that we did that was was around the the decline of um, of specifically um, point of sale devices being compromised with payment data as as a, Uh, being supplemented, being overtaken by web uh, applications, right? Not so much that one, but we saw a correlating trend with uh, ATM skimmers, and we were like, "Mm, this is too good to be true, right? We kind of have the story, (laughs) both stories tied together, so we do 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 a lot of work to try to keep our own storytelling biases in check. So, okay, before we talk about that as well, and we do talk a little bit about it on the finance uh, sector section, uh, we wanted to make uh, triple true as well. That, that was, I think, one of the other ones when we when we went back. There's actually a good, there's a good, um, there's a good back and forth uh, uh, um, work that we do with with some of the contributors who who want to, right? So depending on the type of data that they provide, right? Some we have some contributors which are focused on incident-based data, which kind of the meat and potatoes, right? Of the, sure. of the DBIR, right? We're talking about what happened, when it happened. But uh, one of the really growing areas of research is what we call the non-instant data, which would be roughly translated to everything else. And uh, security vendors are, uh, are a good uh, example of, of people providing um, these kinds of data. So, for instance, when it, we talk about the the path-based data, right, there's there's a segment there where we're analyzing how many steps usually does an, an incident take, right, based on the data that we have. Mm-hmm. We also correlate that with information from attack simulation companies about from the attacks that they have simulated with multiple steps, how many of them were successful or not, right? Which I believe brings color and context, right, to um, what yeah. we, we, we see uh, on the incident data as well.
0: Yeah, that you mentioned the the path and to me that was one of the really interesting pieces that was added this year was this notion of not just what the entry point into the system or the network was, but what their path what the attacker's path from there to their ultimate goal was um and how many steps were were between the entry point and their ultimate objective. Where did the where did that concept come from, and and why did you guys decide to add it this year? So this is this is all this path based research is uh, is really
1: the brainchild of uh, Gabriel Bassett, which is our lead data uh, data scientist uh, here on the DBIR team, right? And um, we have we have been touching on this specific subject of the path based analysis for maybe a couple of years now, but I believe it's the first time it has become front and center and not on a on an actual like appendix at the end, right? And one of the reasons why is mm-hmm. that we have been not only been refining the research, but we have been getting more data, right? And um, in the beginning, it was just a, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we had this data and we could make those um, those arguments, right? And uh, as again, as our corpus grow and as we we are engaging with the contributors so that they can provide us more path friendly, so to speak, data. So we can encode it correctly, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting in a way better than better, right we're We're getting closer to try to reach some sort of interesting conclusion i I personally found the this is usually what happened first. This is usually what happens last segment fascinating, right One of the biggest I believe one of the biggest everybody talks about defense in depth. Uh, and depth um, and yeah, but although of course, I will never tell anyone that they shouldn't be. Having controls and defense on on across the spectrum, right? It would be really really interesting to have some sort of sense of uh, which one of those could potentially have a a larger payout because they would stop an attacker sooner, right? This I believe this is really one of the holy grails of our of our profession, and uh, this is one of the ways that we've tried we are trying to to see if there is a you know there's a path forward to reach some sort of uh, of uh, It'd
0: be funny there. Yeah, there was an interesting. uh, It's one of the smaller charts in the in the report, but it shows kind of a correlation between um, not a correlation, but that shorter attack paths were much more common than longer attack paths. Um, Did you or anyone else come up with an idea of why that is, or is it just kind of one of those things that like this is just what it is?
1: there's one there's an interesting there's something that you always we always have to consider right um when we're looking at so the 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 scope of the d b a r the scope of varies is very very broad so yeah uh, usually when we're discussing breaches when we're discussing incidents there's there's always this oh yeah, it was this group. You know, and they had a chandelier at the library, right? There's there's a lot of concern, <laughs> right, about that. But, for instance, one of the things that comes out of the report, okay, it, 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 this is not new this year. This is not, oh, my God, I never thought of that. But consistently, errors made by, by system admins or, or, or people from inside the company usually accounts for 20-ish percent, right, of the... So okay. it's just someone who sent an email with a spreadsheet to the wrong person, right, or... Some of the things we saw this year around uh, cloud-based storage. So those kinds of breaches, oh, yeah. right? You know exactly what I mean, right? So those kinds of breaches—they sure. are usually a one-step breach. Oh, somebody left the door open. My bad, right? Um, and uh, they will—they're simple enough, but they're damaging enough to be considered a breach, right? Or or a, or a large-scale incident on on confidentiality and. Um, So there's a lot, there is a lot of those one steps, which would, could be able to tie back to, uh, to, um, where was it, to, to one step, right? So, but one, one interesting thing that I'll talk to, right, is that, and this is not necessarily a number we have on the report, but it's something that we, some of the additional research we, we, we put together based on discussions we've been having is that, if you look at uh, uh, incidents with a financial motivation, the median amount of mm-hmm. steps they have, right? So there's more, there's, there's the same amount of, of, of breaches on both sides would be two steps, right? So one, two, a, a good example of these would be, oh, somebody fished you to get your credentials and then they went to your cloud email-based provider and used those credentials there. But if you look at espionage, yeah. the median is five steps right those are usually very elaborate because you're looking for sure. uh, you usually need to have a foothold inside the environment and then you're using it to lateral move to find the exact data you want to look for right there's a much more directed and deliberate right which makes it again it's more there are more chances there for you to identify different specific uh, different specific uh,
0: points Does that also? Do you think that also has something to do with the targets in those cases? You know, maybe a cyber espionage attack might be going after a more difficult target than you know, I, a simple phishing attack. I'm not
1: sure. I'm because we see we see a we see a number across the
0: board, right?
1: And um, which is maybe a quarter uh, of uh, of the motives uh, for for this year' data set. We could add onto to espionage. Um, And, uh, for instance, manufacturing is one where it is above that number. It's not statistically so. It's 29 versus 25. It's roughly the same, but uh, most of the others are are way below. And um, so it's more – I believe uh, cyber-espionage targets have less to do with how how, uh, well – they are on security more about okay, what's the kind of data that we would extract for, for that, which would make sense. But not it, this is really not across the board, especially when you look at some of those like uh, uh, like manufacturing, right, which has a have a very different mm-hmm. security exercise tone, if you may, uh, than a financial institution. <laughs>
0: on average, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very hard. it's hard to make yeah. generaliz- generalizations anyway. <laughs> especially with a data set this large. Yeah. Um, A couple of other things I want to ask you about. One is I noticed there were a couple of data sets or subsets that were not included this year Mm -hmm. that you guys called out specifically, one of which was Mm -hmm. uh, botnet related breaches, which to me makes a lot of sense because they're, they're so numerous and they're a lot of them it, it yeah if you include them they would have skewed things i think in a lot of different ways is that how much discussion was there about yeah, what to you're absolutely what you're to absolutely uh, right on
1: the money right when we make those choices about the the subsets it's really about oh yeah this is going to skew terribly so if you look at the finance section there's absolutely no doubt that this is not concern number 1 right But there's so many. There are too many, right? And there's also specifically on finance. We also separate out uh, denial of service attacks. We're almost 600 of those, right? And if you just look at those separately, Mm -hmm. it's such a huge outlier. If you just look at those separately, okay, these are big deal. This these are a big deal. But now let's look at the other stuff that happened, right? Then we can start to see other patterns which are relevant, like the the so the cloud-based email compromise also manifested on. On financial, right? And uh, so sometimes, sometimes when there's a huge trend, right, we will try to separate it out and we'll do a specific segment on those, which I believe we have in the past around those specific botnet related for finance. It's just, again... It's just run of the mill it doesn't make any nothing really has changed from previous years right It's the same challenge it's the same recommendation, so it wouldn't make a sense it wouldn't make sense for us to do a call out this year about this specific one
0: okay, and another one of those was uh crypto mining, which I've written a lot about a lot of people have written a lot about and it it is kind of an interesting issue but it doesn't seem like it I don't know if it didn't cross-cut your data set or yeah. do you, was it just not considered this the was, same This was actually – the crypto
1: mining discussion was the single largest discussion that I had with the most people, right? Because everybody everybody has a, obviously a different perspective <laughs> on this. So I just want to I – I just want to hedge a little bit what the report says, right? So then we can – and then we can discuss uh, some of some of those things, right? The so the thing that the report calls sure. out specifically is that um, there's very little of crypto mining malware, right? So, and that would be a, a specific piece of malware code that someone installed on your server, or on your or on your desktop, uh, that were that would have mining crypto mining capabilities, right? And specifically on that scenario, mm-hmm. right? we saw that the number of those that were reported were not as nearly as significant as our data set as we would imagine it would be, right? There's several different reasons why that could be the case, right? So first of all, maybe, and this was something I was joking with some other people, maybe it's just like crypto miners are just like annoying little cats. They're just keeping you away from your computer, but they don't do a lot of damage, especially if you're thinking about on, putting mm-hmm. them on desktops, right? So maybe they are underreported. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe people don't call—they don't call IR for that, right? But if it's a malware that does a lot of things and also the crypto mining, that's when it would when it would show show up, right? One well, other thing is that um, we didn't really so we didn't really track um, the the crypto. So the crypto mining on the websites stuff, right? So let's say you're hosting a website and then someone put together puts a JavaScript there, right? And it's mining for you. That that's not a part of mm-hmm. the crypto mining malware analysis, right? So maybe that's happening a lot, right? It it would show up on as the secondary subset in our analysis. Uh, that's something we usually filter because well, it was it was the a website was using was being used as the factor for this. Right And uh, but one of the things that I yep. am curious about that didn't really show too much on our data set, and I'm, I'm hearing about trends, so this is one of the things we're looking forward to seeing on next year's data set. Right? People do, do have to remember that we closed the doors on October the previous year in order to write this report, is uh, the, the scenario where, oh yeah, I'm, I stole your credentials for your favorite cloud service. And now I'm just spinning up a bunch of machines there. And then I'm I'm really doing some damage here because I'm spending a lot of potentially a lot of money, depending on your allowance, right? And um uh, yes. that's a that's a larger scale, right? It would make a little bit more sense than just compromising a single desktop. So that's one that we 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 had a quick look. It doesn't seem we don't seem to have a lot of those. They would fall under crypto mining malware as well. No, even though we we you stole even though you started a brand new machine sure. just for the purpose of uh, running crypto mining, it would be a piece of crypto mining power there. But this is one of the things we're we're really looking forward to uh, doing a, a deeper dive next year,
0: right? To see if it's there of it or if it's not. I'd be interested to know about that too, and I'd also wonder if. The cloud providers are looking at, you know, I imagine that they have um, automated systems that look at people's account usage and that kind of thing to see if there's anything out of the ordinary. Um, If that would fall under that, you know, if somebody gets a hold of my credentials and then all of a sudden is using 8000% more than what I've ever used, you know, in in a normal month if they would flag that and call me and say, hey, wh- what's well, going then on here? If what it you're suggesting like is weird. that
1: the largest cloud providers, they should become contributors to the DBIR and provide us this anonymized information, this is 100% something I could I, I can support. <laughs> can... Oh, for sure. That we seems like a data set
0: that would be valuable to you guys. Yeah. So I, I did want to mm-hmm. ask you a little bit about kind of the process for this. You mentioned that um, you closed the, the books mm-hmm. in terms of the data collection in October, and we're in mid-May right now. So between October and May, yeah. that's seven months, if my math is correct. That's a lot of time that it takes to put this, this thing together. Um, what is that process like? I mean, it, it seems to me like it's almost a year-long job to, you know, analyze in a and write, way... analyze the data and write this. Yeah. Sorry. So, no, I, let me just, just, let me just ask a... the question. I interrupted you uh, there.
1: Um, the, in a way it is, right. Um, we, we have this joke, we have the joke. I had, I, I was in Chicago first time I went to Chicago, visit a friend of mine. He used to tell me, he told me that Chicago had only two seasons. They had winter and construction. Right. So in a way that we only have two seasons, right? Yeah, we have that's right. we are writing the D V I R uh, and we are, or we are preparing research, right, and updating our model so that we can be ready for writing the next D V I R. It's usually it's roughly a six months process to actually write a report. Mm-hmm. And uh, two or three of those are just on collecting the data from the partners and normalizing it and making sure it, it's in the good shape for our systems, right? Then maybe month yeah. and a half or so, um, where we're actually writing the report, creating all the figures, you know, deciding what the key, what, what this, what is the data? again looking at the data, asking the data what the data is telling us, and then putting it together, right? And then it's roughly another you know two months, month and a half, just really kind of production ish, right? So we at the end of the day we write we we put something together on on. On you know a doc a doc file right and then there's a whole army of people who will go to agencies do the layout making sure everything fits <laughs> right uh, we have a surprisingly amount of input on on yep. the on the layout and how the figures look which is something that makes makes the team very very happy right and uh, we have we get away with murder on the text of the report as you as you anyone who has read the report also
0: knows, right? And we're also very grateful for that. <laughs> yes, as am I. As like as someone who's I've been involved in doing some of these on a much smaller scale mm-hmm. and also I've read hundreds of them. I always appreciate when there's at least some humor and like, you know, something that's not just dry data analysis in there. So any <laughs> kinds of like especially the golf yeah. pun section, I yeah. enjoyed that section a lot. <laughs> It was good. Um. All right. So, is there anything else that you wanted to mention, Alex? Before we, uh, before I let you go, I know you, you're super busy. It is. is uh, it is. Well, I, everybody's hibernating for you, now so. for
1: maybe a couple of days.
0: Right? <laughs> we had this joke on Twitter, like,
1: "Oh yeah, the work for the work for the next EBR starts tomorrow," and then uh, someone from the team replied, oh, "Can we wait a couple of days?" You know, and that's that's really that's really the the sentiment right now. Right. But uh, I mean, the only thing I'd like to really add here is. That um, we are really only as good as the data that we have, right? So we are we are incredibly thankful for all the contributors, right? And uh, so this is this is voluntary work that those organizations do, right? in order to provide us the data, and we are we are really humbled yeah. to be able to be the custodians of these, right? And um, we our job really is to make this data, um, represent the data truthfully, right? For the industry. So, uh, of course, something that I, I uh, little takeaways I would like to, 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 to just leave out there is that if you are, if you would like to contribute in some way, or you're not sure how it, how it would work, what kind of data, et cetera, just, just, just call us, just, you know, send an email to DBR at Verizon, right? Or hit us on, on Twitter or something. I'm more than happy to, to have a call and tell you about, maybe figure out if it's a good fit for you. And, uh, and number two, right, is that the, the data set that we have, the things we have organized and have collated goes way beyond the report, right? So anyone who, uh, you know, especially on the media, especially on, oh, I'm actually writing an article about this. Can you give us some data? from the, the data set of the of the DBIR the report for the past year. So we can help us like, oh yeah, this is what it looked like in aggregate according mm-hmm. to, to the DBIR report. We're more than happy to, to, I mean, as far as of course the anonymization processes that our data, uh, we have to respect on our data, right? We're more than happy to provide some stats and, and guidance around that. We We believe that is our duty, right? Because of the, again, the whole uh, being custodians and and being the the, the guardians of this information uh, for the community.
0: Yeah, well, I I know that a lot of people in the community certainly appreciate it and really respect the work that uh, everyone there does on this report. It's a pretty incredible undertaking, obviously, and I I think it really provides a tremendous view into what goes on for everybody in the community. So it's it's great work and. Uh, Alex, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. I know it's a, a very busy time for you, but much I pleasure, Dennis. You taking thanks for having time me. to walk us through it. You bet I'll talk to you soon.